Welcome to the Celebration Sessions podcast with me, Connor Clear. The Celebration Sessions is a podcast unpacking life, loss and love. As a celebrant, I want to learn more about how we celebrate, how we fall in love, how we mark the important occasions and how we can better talk about the inevitable loss we'll meet along the way. This is my look at the beauty of it all. And really, it's a reminder of how important it is now more than ever to celebrate. So thanks for joining me on the Celebration Sessions podcast. Hello there and welcome once again. Thank you so much for hitting play or download. Delighted you're here with me again. And yes, I'm very sorry. I've done it again. Uh, I said I wouldn't, uh, but I've left a, a few weeks of a gap between episodes. I will say I've been somewhat distracted working on some uh, ceremonies, including, in fact, some funeral ceremonies as well. So I've been working on some, well, what I hope were uh, some meaningful uh, funerals. And in fact, now might be a nice opportunity to, to thank the families who invited me into their homes, who shared their stories about their loved ones, and above all, who trusted me uh, with those important funeral ceremonies as well. And as I say at the top of the podcast, in, in that little intro at the top there, it is about the beauty of it all. And so, with that in mind, I want to turn my attention in this episode to love. And I'm sharing a love story uh, with you for this episode. And this episode really is a love letter from someone to someone. So, uh, let's welcome my guest for this episode of the Celebration Sessions, and I'm delighted to welcome Irish actor, TV presenter, writer, director, producer, and let's be honest, all-round national treasure now at this stage, Simon Delaney. <laughs> Simon, Simon, uh, how are you doing? Jeez, I'm great, Connor. I've been, I've been called a lot of things in my life, but never a treasure. <laughs> ah, you're an old treasure. Thanks very much. That's a lovely intro. I'm, I'm glad it's recorded, because I'll use that now. Well, you can have it. You're, you you can keep it. You're welcome to it. You're welcome to it. Exactly. And I do mean it, Simon. Um, I've, I've followed your career with, with, with great pride. We do go back. Now, I don't want to do one of those insincere things where people in the media pretend we're bosom buddies, but we do go back. And no, we did, no. Well, we do have history. We do. We do have history, don't we? Yeah. 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 And we do have history relevant to my love letter, too. No. Now we're going to get into now. that. Now. Yeah. <laughs> now we're going to dig into it now. <laughs> because we met yeah. on a musical. Now, I remember when we met. You might, in fact, clarify some details Go. because I know we met doing Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Um, moly, you yeah. directed me. Yeah, and I'm yeah. trying to remember the society because I want to say it was Cool Mine Musical Society. It's so long ago. Um, it was Cameron Musical and Dramatic Society. Actually, it was Cameron. Full Circle, wasn't it? No, you're right. It was Cameron. Yeah, it was either Cameron. I think it was Cameron C. Musical Society, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah, or it was yeah. uh, Full Circle. You know, it was Cameron. Yeah, we did uh, Seven Brides in the Driocht. In the Driocht, that's fun. it. It was a great show. It was, it really um, was. It really was. And yeah, then we did yeah. a couple of plays. Do you remember? Yeah. Yeah, you're yeah. a liar. Look at <laughs> And there's a clue, liar. Think about um, it. Billy Liar. Yes. Yeah. Come here, I wasn't in Billy Liar. Yeah, but you were around. You were. You were I, you were there. I was on the scene, I, all right. I was on the scene. Sure, I was were. mincing around doing musicals yeah, at the same time as well, probably in the same hall. Like, <laughs> <laughs> weren't we all doing it? Weren't, weren't we, all? we all? Weren't we all? And in fact, before we get into your love story, I need to remind you about something about Seven Brides, something that I never got to tell you before. And I, in fact, I told yeah. this story on another podcast because we were talking about musicals. 
my most embarrassing moment on stage happened in that production of Seven Brides. And I never got to say it to you. And in fact, the few times that we crossed paths in TV3 and, and Virgin Media, I said, I must say that to Simon and see if he remembers it. So go on, go for it. I was one of the townsfolk. You were? I was in the ensemble. And mm-hmm. you gave me a line. I had a line. Right. Now, I don't remember what it was, but I had a line. And the line <laughs> was the opening line of a scene, right? So the lights come up on the scene. Right. I think it must have been opening light. It must have been. Uh, and the lights come up on the scene. It's yeah. my line. Silence. Right. Nobody said the line. And I remember. It's, see, it's what went through my head is what I remember. I remember thinking, oh, Lord. I'd hate to be the person whose line this is. This is awkward. <laughs> and then the penny drops. Now, oh, it no. felt like a lifetime, right? But the penny drops. I know, yes. It was only seconds, probably. Pro- probably, probably. But I do remember hearing the audience get, getting uneasy. Oh, they knew no, something was going Connor. wrong. And I remember going, oh, shit, it's me. It is my line, <laughs> right? And then, you ready for this, oh. right? Because this is the worst part. The stagecraft I had, or, or lack thereof, I went... Well, I can't say it now because then everyone will know it was me that messed up. Right? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so I didn't say the line. And obviously oh, nobody else was going to say it. Now, eventually somebody did. Fair play to oh, It felt like God. an eternity, but I was so embarrassed. And I have we never to got to. You, I don't remember that. I don't remember that. I oh, was, thank God. Yeah, no, I don't thank remember God. that. And actually, the Driok, the stage where you forgot your line, is the only stage that I've ever forgotten a line on in my career. Really? Yeah. I mean, really? I've done... I think I've played every theatre in Ireland twice and I've done the West yeah, End, I've yeah, toured the yeah. UK. Um, and the only time I've ever forgotten a line was on stage in the Driot. And it was with really? the same group of people who were doing Assassins. No way. Yeah, by Stephen Sondheim. And I was playing, uh, I think I was playing John Wilkes Booth, the guy who shot Lincoln. Right. And it's kind of an operetta, but there's dialogue in it. And there's a big speech, I don't know whether you remember the show, but there's a speech between right. him and Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah. And it's a great dramatic moment. And I think, again, it was open the night and I just froze. And I was looking at Niall Sheehy, he played uh, Oswald. Right. And I was looking at him going, because you always look at the other person and go, well, it's not me, it's you. <laughs> and he's looking back at me like, like you've just told me you're putting his dog down. He, those eyes, you know the eyes in the other actor? When I've, se- I've seen those horrendous. eyes a million times. And like yeah, you, yeah, yeah. it felt like about three minutes, but it was probably... Five or six yeah. seconds, but that's interesting coincidence. Same stage, F, and we fro- both frozen a line. Isn't that interesting? That's bizarre, isn't it? Isn't yeah. it? There, there we are go. Now. There we go. So it sounds like, look, there's a bad omen on yeah. the Drake stage. I'm not going back <laughs> on the Drake stage. Uh, <laughs> um, so listen, we met on Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Yeah. Simon, we will always have that. We'll always now have tell that, me, yeah. Did you meet anyone else during that show? Well, there was a young one in the show. There Go was on. a young one in the show uh, called Lisa Muddyman, who uh, she'd done a couple of shows with us. Uh, that The first show she did with us was uh, Cabaret, right? Uh, which I was directing as well. And uh, I remember I remember we were cast in Cabaret down in the hall in Edenmore for Cameron Musical Society. And, right. Uh, and normally, like, as you know, you'd know most of the faces and the people who are going to come in. And it's really just a matter of who fits what part and that kind of stuff. But we were kind of short numbers in terms of dancers, particularly. And particularly girls, because the cabaret features very heavily the Kit Kat girls, yeah, who are the yeah, six yeah. kind of backing girls to Sally Bowles, which is the nightclub where they perform. So there was a couple of new young ones brought down. And the, the choreographer, a woman who you know, Siobhan McQuillan, the lovely Siobhan McQuillan, indeed, brought indeed. down a brood of young ones, you know, that she'd been using in various shows and operas around the place. 
And in walked this uh, group of young ones and I locked eyes on this uh, young one uh, called Lisa, gorgeous girl, uh, who you know, of course. And uh, I, I, I must have had my jaw on the floor because Siobhan saw me looking at her. <laughs> and Siobhan, and Siobhan, <laughs> you hear this? Siobhan took me by the scruff of the collar and pinned me against the back of the wall. Really? And said, now listen, <laughs> she said, that young one is the sweetest, nicest young one I've ever met. You're not to go anywhere near her. Oh, my words, really? <laughs> she, she was talking about Lisa. Um, so, because I had a bit of reputation back in the day, you know, they were, the, the musical society days were like, they were like Caligula, you know what I mean? They were, they were busy days, you know. Uh, but, uh, and I remember I took that warning very seriously. So, right. she was casting the show and she did the show. And then we did a play called Billy Liar. Billy Liar, um, of course. And you know what? I was thinking about Billy Liar because I remember you being around, and I don't know whether. You were definitely involved in some way, shape, or form in terms of I, yeah. set or something. But I, I remember definitely you, around. I remember you being in the rehearsal room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I cast Lisa in the play, and Gerald Farrelly was in the play, who went on to do great things in the world Absolutely. of comedy. Maria Hickey, who's now writing episodes for Fair City. Indeed, yeah, yeah. Uh, yourself, you were on the periphery somewhere. And then myself, like, it was amazing you think that group of people. But anyway. Absolutely. And it was during that play, which was just before, I think it was before Seven Brides, I said, I'm going to ask her out. Now, the six months have passed and I haven't gone near the girl. So we went out one night on the Friday night, I think, after the show. And then we ended up in town and I asked her out on a date. And then we went on a date and uh, that was 20 years ago. 20. And I remember telling that story, Connor, at our wedding. And I, because Siobhan McQuillan was at the wedding. Oh, brilliant. Siobhan, you told me not to go near her. I said, I'm glad, I'm glad I didn't listen to you because here we are now 20 years later and four kids later. But, uh, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so amazing. tell me, was it instant when you saw Lisa? Um, There was something instant. I think, I don't know whether it was lust or love was instant. Um, right. But yeah, no, I fell head over heels for her. Um, and I remember going down to meet her mom for the first time and... Um, because her mom was a big fan and a big theatre, a big theatre fan. And she used to do shows okay. back in the day herself. Oh, right. okay. And she loved the fact that Lisa was involved. Lisa was a trained dancer. She was, you know, jazz, tap, ballet, modern. She could do it all. She was a fabulous dancer. Right. Still is. And uh, her mom loved the, the, the fact that she was involved in a local group. And, you know, yeah, just in yeah, terms yeah. of social outlets and all that. Because Lisa had gone to... Lisa's older sister had moved to Jersey for a couple of years and Lisa went over and spent a year there. So she, I don't know whether she was trying to find herself, you know what I yeah, mean? So yeah. I think when she came home and she joined the local drama group, her mom was delighted. And her mom had been to see, this is bizarre, about seven or eight years before I met Lisa, her mom used to come to see Cameron's music and dramatic shows. So her mom had seen me in various plays right. and cantos and musicals. And Lisa, which I only discovered... Well, not long after we got married, she came to see us doing a production of Grease when she was about 15 or 16. Oh, my word. So words. it's mad to think that she was sitting in the audience with our mom looking at her husband on Isn't stage. Because there's a, seven, there's a seven year um, gap between me and Lisa, you know. So, but, and so when her, she told her mom, she said, Oh, I'm going out to date. And she said, all right, with who? Who is it? And she said, one of the fellas from the musical society. Her mum was delighted. And she went, all right, which one? Which fella? And she said, um, <laughs> we'd recently done the play on the stars and I was in that. And she'd gone to see with her mum. And her, she said to her mum, remember your man who played the barman in the, in the play? And she went, all right. She said, the right. fellow who directs the plays? I said, she said, yeah. She said, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, because there was a bit of an age gap. You know, as I said, I was seven years older. 
and uh, and it was great though because when I eventually started going down calling for Lisa and because Lisa's dad passed away when she was very very young so it was only her and her mom in the house because oh her God, brother and yeah. sister had moved out obviously moved on you know um, so I, I used to come into the house and you know I'd sit and have a bit of dinner with Lisa and her mom Evelyn and um, you know I'd do the wash it up and then we'd all sit around and watch the telly well, I mean great conversations about drama because Lisa's man was interested in it so yes. there was never a case of calling yeah. down for Lisa and going and sitting in the other room away from her mum her yeah. mum was yeah. always included you know um, because she had such similar interests and she's a big sports fan and myself and Lisa's mum hit it off instantly very good very which good. was great which was half the battle you know um, and she's you know like my mum passed away when I was 20 20 I was only 20 I was 19 actually 1989 oh and so Evelyn so she, I always like her she'll only be the she's the only mother-in-law I'll ever have but I'm so lucky that I have her because ah, yeah. she's a great mother-in-law so I absolutely fell on my feet when I met the Muddy Man family you know yeah. and they welcomed me with open arms so yeah so it sort of started then and we just started dating we were still doing shows as well right through our, uh, our dating years and we were due to get married then but then I ended up going to the West End but eventually we got it done and four kids later we're still talking to each other <laughs> that's a bonus um, <laughs> tell me this I'm trying to get the picture then what was the time frame in between that moment when you met her to actually asking her out then yeah I suppose it would have been about six to nine months maybe you know what I mean it was a long long time did um, it take you that long it did yeah it was did it, was it a case of mustering up the courage or well I just thought Jesus she's not she's gonna have no interest in me like she was <laughs> you know um, because of the, the age difference like I would have been you know 28 29 Lisa was only 21 22 you know so she was yeah, but the, but the strange thing was even though we weren't going out with each other we spent an awful lot of time with each other because as you know when you're doing a show you know, you're rehearsing Sundays, Monday, Absolutely. Tuesday, Absolutely. you know, so you're in each other's company, you know, and then yeah. at the weekend you might all meet up anyway for a few pints or whatever. So it wasn't that I was pining for her while I was locked away from her. I was in her company. It just, I just didn't think, I just didn't think she'd go for it. You know, she, I didn't think she'd be interested. And yeah. uh, as I say, one night on the Friday night after Billy Liar, we were in town and I asked her out and she said, yeah. And then we just had a couple of dates. And I remember my first date, <laughs> Jesus, I remember this. You're bringing back memories here. <laughs> my first, our first date, um, I had an old little black Honda Civic, 1989, and I loved it. Yeah. I loved it more than life itself. It was my pride and joy. A little piece of shit, but it was my piece of shit. And I paid for it in full. My father had passed away and we'd been left a few quid and I'd bought a car from the money. That's so it was everything to me. Immense. So and um meant a lot to me yeah. so I remember I was going out with Lisa that night my fir- our first date and uh, my brother had borrowed my car that day and uh, so I headed off and picked Lisa up down in Donamede and we were heading down to the Dolly Mount house oh, they're on the Clontarf there gone know, now actually. Yeah. yeah and the fucking car ran out of petrol Simon on the coast road and there I am trying to impress this young beautiful dancer and I'm pulled in at the side of the road outside opposite St. Anne's Park and I look at the fuel needle and it's empty. My brother had told me he'd put petrol in the car, but he hadn't. Oh, Simon. Yeah, I know. What a first impression. So I ended up bringing a pal of mine whose name you might remember, Jim Walsh. Do you remember Jim? Oh, I know Jim. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. And yeah, I yeah, rang, because yeah. I rang my brother and he didn't answer the phone because he knew I was fucking furious. <laughs> I rang Jim. I said, Jim, can you do me? I'm, I'm out on a day with Lisa. He said, oh, Lisa, yeah, yeah. Oh, very good. He was all that, you know. And I said, I ran out of petrol. So Jim, God bless him went and filled up a little container and drove down to me, put petrol in my car, and we were able to carry on to our date. Oh, so Jim Walsh, if you're listening, 
it's all because of you. Thank ah, you. fair play. So yeah, that was our first date. What what a shit start uh, to a date, you know uh, what I mean? Do you know what she made of that? Did Lisa ever talk about that? As she does, she laughed it off because, you know, we ended up going, getting the pets in the car and going out and having a great night yeah, and all yeah, that kind yeah. of stuff. But, and then I remember not long after that then, it was my 30th. Right. Been about a year. We were dating for about a year. Um, I had my 30th down in the Donnie Mint house as well. And that's kind of where Lisa then met all my family and, you know, yeah, and yeah. everybody kind of. And again, it's the same crowd of people, Connor, you know, because we're all hanging around together. And um, yeah, so it kind of just bloomed from there. And we started dating, you know, properly dating then. And then, of course, most people would know the story of our engagement. Jesus. Um, because of who wants to be a millionaire. Do share it with us, yes. So we're dating each other. And uh, I'm, I've am i just done the pilot for Bachelor's Walk and it's it's about to hit the screen. So I'm not really, I've made a decision that I'm going to be an actor, yeah, professional yeah. actor. I've signed with an agent, and um, but there's no work yet. I think I'd done one film and uh, I was down playing snooker in uh, in Joey's and Harmonstown with a pal of mine and the ad came on the telly for contestants for Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Dial this number, you know. So I dialed it anyway that night. And I got through and I answered the question. Long story short, I end up on the show with Gabe Byrne. And, uh, of course, I bring Lisa with me that day. So Lisa's sitting up in the audience behind me. And the camera keeps cutting to her and all that, you know. And uh, they ask you before you go on air, um, what would you do if you won a million? So I said, the usual, you know, I said, it, you know, a holiday, I'd buy a car, I'd buy a box at Old Trafford, and I'd do all the bits and bobs. Oh, and I'd get my girlfriend an engagement ring. And the audience went, ah, they loved us. Because it was cutting to Lisa, this gorgeous girl, and then me, the, an actor on his arse, you know. So they, the audience <laughs> were kind of on our side. Anyway, I get through, go through one, two, four, eight, sixteen grand, and I'm going for 32 grand. And the question comes up, the Chinese phrase feng shui translates as what? And the four options were wind and water, fire and water, earth and wind, or peace and harmony. There's a peace and harmony here. So anyway, I sorry, said, sorry, sorry, I morning. said to Gay, <laughs> interesting your reaction there, because I said to Gay, I said, Gay, I've had a lovely day. I'm going to take the £16,000. This is how long ago it was. It was pounds. Oh, God, right. And yeah, I said yeah, to him, yeah. I think I'm going to leave it. And he said, well, are you sure, son? He said, because he, for some reason he called me son. He said, what do you think? And I said, well, I think Feng Shui is the arrangement of objects in a space to create an aura of... Peace and harmony, yeah. And the audience went, ooh. Ooh. And the audience are very close <laughs> to you, and I said, I thought, oh, fucking, I'm right. And I thought, you know, I'm going to be here once. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to play peace and harmony. And I was wrong. Oh. Because the question was, the Chinese phrase feng shui translates as, not what does it mean? So oh, what, what my do the words. words feng and shui mean? And it was fire and water or something. Anyway, I get it wrong. So... I walk oh. out, of the, out of the show with a check for £1,000 in my pocket. And I remember, God be good to my grandfather, who was my phone or friend on the show. He got me from four grand to eight grand, I think, on a question about Israeli politics or something. The man was a genius. Anyway, he was the first person I rang. And he said, how did you get on, son? I said, I'm after making the balls with granddad. He said, how do you mean? I said, well, I went for 32 and I lost. He said, well, what did you get? I said, I got £1,000. He said, Simon, you got £1,000. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And you yeah. had a day out. And he was right. And he was right. So anyway, the, the show goes to where about a week later. And about two days after that, then I get a phone call from a company called Gavronsky's Jewelers in Grafton Street. And they said, we were watching the show. We think you're a lovely couple. We'd like to give you an engagement ring. Stop the lights. Stop the lights. Get up the stairs. So a <laughs> couple of days later, Lisa goes into Gavronsky's with myself. They have the shop closed. They have champagne and flowers for her. 
two hours, she scours the shop, doesn't find nothing she likes. <laughs> oh to word. the point where the jeweler says, well, Lisa, look, you've obviously got a clear picture of what your engagement ring looks like. And she said, I do. He said, what is it? She said, it's a platinum band with an emerald cut solitaire diamonds. And he went, we'll oh, make it for you. Well, okay. So a couple of months later, Christmas time comes around. <clears throat> for Christmas, I got Lisa a little bit of jewellery, little knick-knacky stuff. And then at the bottom of the box was a big Christmas cracker. So she pulls the Christmas cracker and the little paper hat comes out and falls on the floor, with a, you know, wrapped in the elastic bands. Yeah, I said, open yeah, it up. Yeah, yeah. So she opened it up and as she opened it, she just, she could see a dollar bill. She said, what's this? I said, well, keep going. And as she revealed the dollar bill, there were two tickets to New York, airplane tickets to New York. So oh, wow. we, for Valentine's Day the following year, February, this is Christmas. And her birthday is the week before Valentine's. So the week before we went to New York, for Valentine's Day, I collected the ring from Gavronsky's. We flew to New York. And then, so this, this is, <laughs> the story goes on. We get to New York. We're staying with a pal of mine, Jennifer Zamparelli's sister uh, in New York. I'm staying okay, with her because yeah, I used to yeah, do shows yeah, with Jennifer yeah. and her mom and all that. Anyway, that's another conversation. But uh, Michelle, who's, who's Jenny's sister, said, look, Valentine's night. She said, I've booked you. I asked her to do me a favor. She booked us this beautiful restaurant called Pier 17 in New York. She knew the manager. Right, so they were alerted. The manager was alerted that I was going to propose that night. So I bring the ring down to the restaurant. <laughs> and of course, the starters arrive. The manager's standing in my eye line over Lisa's shoulder. And he keeps going, well, I'm going, no, no, no. And I couldn't ask the question. I couldn't do it. Oh. Main course, couldn't do it. Desserts, your man's looking over me going, well, I'm going, no, no, no. Uh, and was it nerves? Or? Just nerves. Big Egypt, like. She knew I was going to do it. Like, you know what I mean? So we, we leave the restaurant. The manager's manager's like he's broken hearted so we leave the restaurant it's like quarter to twelve on Valentine's night in New York and I just said to myself will you cop on to yourself and I looked around and I saw the Staten Island Ferry and I was just about to go the last one so I grabbed her hand we ran we jumped onto the Staten Island Ferry and as we sailed around the Statue of Liberty I popped the question there Simon. we are <laughs> oh, so I, I, think, I know um, the big ages. I think there's actually uh, just something on my eye at the moment. It's just some, <laughs> just flying around the room. I, it's activated me allergies. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, there was there was method behind my madness. I asked her on a boat, so if she said no, I could just you know throw her over. So, but <laughs> thankfully, she she said yes. So we were then engaged, and I remember uh, it made the front page of the Herald. The the guy who lost the money on Millionaire. Ah, uh, really? For the Herald. And, <laughs> We were on the Late Late Show the following week with Pat Kenny and, you know, along the lines of, oh, it was a sad story, but now it's a happy story. So yeah, that was it. We were then engaged yeah. and we were we were planning then to get married, I'd say, uh, within a year, you know. And um, and then I ended up getting uh, stones in his pockets in the West End. All right. Which yeah, was a, yeah, which was like a six-month contract. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So we, we I, I had to go and do that, you know. Yeah. So uh, we put that off. We put the wedding off. We hadn't got a date fixed. But then when I came back from London, then we set a date. Um, so we set a date for July 2nd, 2005. So it's 16 years this year. So we got married on the 2nd of July. Oh, very amazing. Good. Very good. Yeah, amazing. Simon, you're quite a romantic, aren't you? I'm a bit of an El Sap, yeah, <laughs> I have to be honest with you. I do love, I have to say, Connor, I'll be honest with you, I love giving presents. And I, I hate receiving presents. I, uh, right, I hear detest you. receiving yeah, presents. Yeah. I, hate, I hate people sitting on the going, go on, open it. I hate that because I don't want to, just in case you're disappointed, but I love giving presents and I love 
you know, putting a little bit of thought behind presents. Even recently, I was in Spain filming recently, and I wanted to get Lisa something. So I got her a little bit of jewellery, but I made sure it was her birthstone. And, you know, just, ah, uh, just lovely. picking. I, and I try and do that. I've tried to do that all the way oh, through. that's you nice. Know, in terms yeah. Of, presence and you know i like putting a bit of thought behind it and that's not just for lisa that's for anybody you know Tell lisa landed on her feet with oh, you, didn't she? listen listen the woman <laughs> should be dipped in bronze and sainted the shit she's put up with me connor <laughs> tell me this um we're getting as far as the yeah. wedding there and wedding preparations then so were you involved then in the organization in oh, the organizing let's say of the wedding lisa will tell you i organize it really oh yeah yeah i like our the first thing i wanted to do our wedding invitations were designed like a playbill, you know, like a Broadway program. Oh, I know. Yeah, of course. And I, really? I tried to find one to show you today, Connor, but I'll actually, I'll tweet a picture of the wedding invitation when the episode goes out just to show people what we're talking about. Oh, I do indeed. But yeah, I did, I, I did it as a, a playbill. So the, I got Donald Cantwell. Do you remember Donald? I know Donald. Donald. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Donald yeah, was a yeah. graphic designer and he'd helped me design the, pro, the, the program, the wedding invitation. Right. And then I got Joe Condon on board. Joe, who had a background in hotel hotel uh, life, he was a concierge yeah, and events organizer. Yeah. He came on board with me, and we planned everything. We went down, we booked, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Drew's Glen and we club, and we oh, went yeah. down and we tasted the foods. And I made sure that on the tables there was like little favors. So the girls got uh, we had these little tubes made up. So the girls got a lipstick each, and the boys, all the men, got a cigar and. And even down the little detail, like I, the bands, the band. I got David Hayes, who again, you know, one of the best musicians <laughs> in the country. David Hayes, I told him, you've carte blanche, put together a ten-piece big band. So we had a ten-piece big band at the wedding, and they just oh, played out. Yeah, it was amazing. Even down to like, I, I, like Lisa didn't want any. Like I wanted the big Italian wedding. I don't know yeah. why, <laughs> but I just wanted the Henry Hill wedding from Goodfellas. I wanted. That's what I wanted. I just that's what I wanted as a boy, you know, yeah, as a young yeah, man, yeah. and. Um, I had five groomsmen and five, with five bridesmaids then. But I made sure I got the, my groomsmen all got a, a present of their football team jersey with the date on the back of it. Super. So I super. Pre- presented them on the day of the wedding. And and it was amazing. Even the, even the car, I remember picking out an old classic car that we had for the wedding. And yeah, no, I was heavily involved in, in, in the planning of it and the detail. Yeah, that's of great. It. That's great. And it was such a great day. Um, and do you know what? It's funny. I'm listening to this now and I'm thinking, did Lisa, <laughs> did Lisa get a say in anything? <laughs> oh, 100%. Listen, Lisa got sign off on everything, you know. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, the great yeah. thing about when you find your soulmate and you find your life partner is that, and I don't know whether it's, it's not just us, I'm talking through Mars, but, you know, if we're picking out a table for the kitchen or we're picking out, um, I don't know, if we're picking out a colour for the bathroom, we tend to walk into a place and we both go, that one at the same time. Yeah, yeah. We have very, not that we have similar tastes, but we know what we like and we know what we don't like, you know. So when it came to planning the wedding, you know, when it came to choosing the food and the menu options and the, the flower decorations and the colours and the bridesmaid dresses and the types of suits, we kind of agreed on everything. We kind of, we, we've kind of had that right the way through our relationship, which is great, even yeah. down to, you know, a couple of years ago, getting the kitchen done, we picked out and we, we liked the same things. So I think, that's why that word but Lisa was absolutely involved and I remember her dress was incredible and I'm actually sitting looking at a photograph of myself and Lisa's up on the wall here Jesus I had a terrible haircut but anyway um, <laughs> yeah no everything everything was just planned between both of us and even the priest right even because I know this is your word now you're going into the word of celebrancy mm-hmm. the priest was a, was, a, was a great choice for us because he was a friend of a friend of mine um, Brian Nutley he was a friend of his from Drogheda 
Godfather, Paddy Rush. And he was a gorgeous, gorgeous man. We met, we'd met him a couple of times. He'd been to see a couple of shows. A young guy, you know, a similar age to myself. And I had a couple of pints with him. We used to come, he used to come on the tours with us when we did the one-act circuit. He was a great guy. So when it came to the wedding, I said to Lisa, let's get Father Paddy to say the, ma- the Mass. And he did. And he was gorgeous because he came to the house. Like, I'll give you an example of how cool this guy is. He's a Star Trek addict, right? He's a Trekkie, <laughs> right, right? right? And the day we got married on his... Uh, priest you know he had the star trek badge on no the way uh, <laughs> he did yeah yeah that he's just a cool guy so the ceremony was gorgeous and the music then of course in the church so do you remember then what music you had oh jesus yeah because i picked it all <laughs> of course of course uh, with lisa's <laughs> approval um i had um the wedding march from miss saigon Nice. We with, yeah, nice. we had pieces from West Side Story because all of our friends are singers. Of course. So I yeah, had John yeah. Sweeney and and uh, Jane Burke sing Tony Maria. Oh, wow. Gay Kirwan, who's a wonderful musical director, up in the balcony with a piano and a choir. And it was just phenomenal. But oh, the music was nice. absolutely chosen by both of us. And I remember yeah. the wedding march from Miss Saigon. I remember because Lisa hadn't seen the show. And I can still remember where this happened. We were, we'd moved into a house out here in Lusk and we were driving to our mams. And I said, I think I found a piece of music for, you know, after the, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. after the Eucharist is given and people are sort of chilling for that one minute. And I said, uh, have a listen to this. And I played the piece of music in the car and she was almost in tears. And I went, great. Cause I knew what she liked. Yeah, that's it. <clears throat> so that was chosen. So yeah, all the music was chosen by the pair of us and. I wanted it to be perfect because it's the only time I'm doing it in my life and I wanted it to be right. Yeah, And I wanted it. it to be special. And, you know, there were people at my wedding who are gone since my, both my grandparents. And I remember my nan, nana was in a nursing home and I remember my sister's collecting her that morning and bring her to the church and she was out the back yeah. and she was in a wheelchair and we got photographs. And, and it's just, it was a very, very special day. There's a lot of people who were at the wedding who aren't, aren't, are no longer yeah, with us. But, yeah, yeah. and then I remember the party afterwards. It was, went on till. <laughs> I think seven o'clock the following morning, um, which was fantastic. And one of my last images was Conor McAllister from the Grafton Barber, who's one of my best friends, arm wrestling one of my cousins on the balcony at seven o'clock in the morning. I thought, I better head to bed. <laughs> so, yeah, was it one of those day. residence bar situations that went on till the wee hours? Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't close to the point where that we, I, I had picked Druids Glen because it's one of the best golf courses in the country. So I thought, I'll book that. And then the, the morning after the wedding, me and the five groomsmen could play golf. Super, super. So, of course, we all arrived at the first tee at about 10 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> a little bit worse for wear. Um, one of the best golf courses in Ireland, and the preceding four hours was like the National Ploughing Championships. We went in absolute games <laughs> of the place. The four of us hit our first tee shots all out of bounds. We thought, Christ, this is going to be a long day. So, uh, yeah, so a lot of thought went into it, but again, it was to make it a very special day. You yeah, know? yeah, indeed. And actually, what I'm taking from it is when you talk about those decisions that you make, that you made with Lisa, it's the synchronicity of the two of you, which is very special. And I don't think that happens an awful lot or as much as you might think. No, no. And that's, you know, as I say, when, when, when it happens, it's, uh, you know, you know, it's happening mm. and you know, you know, it's special. Um, and as I say, even to this day, like if, if we're making decisions together, choosing where to go on holiday, what to, you know, yeah, it, there's yeah, just a synchronicity yeah. and it's rare. It's rare. But uh, I spent a lot of time looking <laughs> <laughs> but I eventually found it. Indeed, indeed. Um, and listen, we'll, we'll start to move towards the end. I do want to ask, obviously your schedule is such that you could be gone for significant periods of time with work. Yeah. 
So how yeah. does Lisa deal with that? I know you, you said she should be dipped in bronze. <laughs> she should be dipped in bronze and sainted, yeah. yeah. Um, she's amazing because I, as you well know, Connor, over, I'm 22 years now acting professionally and I've spent a lot of it yeah. away from home yeah. Yeah. on my own in America and across Europe. And, and I've had a lot of ideas over the years, uh, some of them dreadful. And she's, Lisa, to this day, has never, ever said to me when I've said to her, I'm trying to think I must do. I must do. Da, da, da. No, she's never said to me, that's a stupid idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She is. She's the reason I can. Uh, she's the reason I can do everything because she gives me the support and the backup to do it. So, you know, I want to do MasterChef. Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to do a cookbook. Yeah, I'll bring out a food truck. I'm going to cook around the food festivals. Go ahead. I'm going to write a novel. Yeah, crack on. I'm going to write scripts. I think I might do this presenting thing on Virgin Media. Yeah, go for it. You know, there's never been a point where she said to me, no, actually, I need you to stay here. She's never done that. And, I, you know, I know because we four boys and I know how hard it is Um to be here with the lads and you know how much work that is and i've been away for up to three months you know yeah so it's no wonder i go and find a piece of jewelry with a birdstone when i'm away connor do you know what i mean because uh you know she deserves it um because it's tough what she does is tough you know and uh but i couldn't do what i'm doing without her without her support but more importantly without her blessing because if i don't have her blessing i can't be arsed doing it you know yeah. she's she's, yeah. she's the yeah. wind behind me like she she pushes me towards things but I think the other reason I do that is because if I was to rely on theatre earnings, I'd be living under a bridge. You know, you have to diversify in this business. You know that. So, and it's all, and the work is all becoming self-created. So whenever I have another idea, I think I'm writing this. Yeah, yeah. great. Go ahead, love. <laughs> <laughs> She's great. But but at least you know that Lisa is by your side and encouraging you and supporting 100%, you. 100%, so. yeah, 100%. Um, yeah. And that's, that's what makes it doable. It's, yeah. it's a winning formula. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very fond of our kind of <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting that. I'm getting yeah, that. Get and that rightly so, yeah. and rightly so. Um, listen, probably along the same vein, I, I, I'm perhaps uh, repeating myself. Let's try this, though. What does Lisa mean to you? Well, she's everything. Um, you know, she's, you know, it's, it's. I was asked a question a while ago that, you know, about being away from work and, you know, is it hard? And I, I remember talking about, uh, Skyping home, you know, or FaceTiming home. And uh, that's amazing for two reasons. Number one, it reminds you why you're away working. Yeah. You know, yeah. the words you're away working to put food on the table. But it also reminds you what's there for when you get mm -hmm. home. And that's beautiful. And I there's no greater feeling in the world, and Lisa will quote me on this, um, than coming home. And I love opening the front door and coming in and the boys running down the hall and then coming in and seeing Lisa. That's oh, yeah. joy. Yeah. Like I've cried on more flights on the way home with the excitement of coming home. It's amazing. Oh, so, yeah. And I might only have been to Bristol for two days. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's not a, but I remember she, she's everything, you know, she's, she's the reason I do everything. And she's the person who I want to share it all with, you know, and, and we've created a lovely family home and, and, you know, I work hard and I work hard for Lisa and for the boys, you know, everything's for them. Yeah. Family is the most important thing, and she's the top top of the tree. You know, amazing, fair play. Um, can you give me three words that describe Lisa? Uh, three words that describe Lisa: um, caring, tough, tough stroke, resilient. Right, right, uh, and loving. She's the most loving person I know. Oh. I mean, I've never seen, I don't, I've never met anybody who said a bad word to say about her. Yeah. Never. Yeah. 
Yeah. It never, ever, ever. From the first person who spoke to me about her, Siobhan McQuillan, <laughs> saying she's the sweetest, nicest yeah, girl I've ever met. Yeah, yeah. She was right. And I've never met anybody that doesn't, she's never fallen out with anybody. She's never yeah. had an argument with anybody. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Christ, no, she's got a lot to put, to put up with, with four boys and me in the house. <laughs> five boys. Uh, five boys, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's how I would sum her up. She's incredible. Like, I'll give you an example of her resilience and, and, and her, her spirit. Two weeks after, was it two weeks, two or three weeks after having uh, Lewis, who's our youngest, whose birthday it is today, by the way. Ah, well, happy birthday, Lewis. Happy birthday, Lulu. So, uh, two or three weeks after giving birth to him, we were sitting on the couch here and she was looking up um, uh, Zumba classes. She wanted to get back into doing Zumba. And two of the kids were out the front playing with a football and one of them called her and they got a ball stuck in a, in a hedge. So Lisa went out to, uh, I was feeding the baby and Lisa went out to get the ball and she fell off the wall and she broke her leg badly. I mean, oh. badly. She ended up in a locked brace from her hip to her ankle for seven Oh my months. word, Simon. And she had a newborn in the house and three other kids. And I was due to start filming MasterChef the following week. Oh, my word. So when it all settled down, I said, right, I'll, I'll cancel. I won't bother doing. I need to be here. She said, no, 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 no. Go and do it. So I asked my sister, who wasn't working at the time, she came out and she stayed with us. And, but Lisa, um, she's like, even then she said to me, like, she had every right to say, you know what? No, 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 no. You're going to be here now. I need you here. We have a newborn and three kids. School runs, lunches, homeworks, nappy changes, you know. And she said, no, 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 crack on, you do that, because you've always wanted to do it. Because she knew that if I if I went and did MasterChef, that it, hopefully I would do well. And she said, I know you. She said, you probably wanted to, I wanted to, uh, uh, when I wanted to do it, I wanted to do well, and then it wouldn't end there. I would, I'd want, I wanted to bring a cookbook out. Yeah, so she said, yeah, I'm not stopping, yeah, you know. Yeah, she yeah. knew. So that kind of sums her up. She just said, no. On you go. And she went through half of those seven months, you know. It was a very, very tough. Like, we've had downs, you know. We've had tough times, like mm. every couple, mm. you know. Um, that was very difficult for her. It was very difficult for us. But we got through it, you know, and he's five today. And ah. it's all good. Well, happy birthday to Lewis. Happy birthday, Lulu. That's great. Uh, well, listen, thank you so much for taking time out of your day on Lewis's birthday. Nah. I do appreciate that. He's gone to school. It's grand. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> listen, on that note, Simon, we will wrap it up. Thank you so much uh, to you. My pleasure. Uh, and to Lisa as well when she hears this. To you both. Happy anniversary to you. And uh, thanks for sharing yeah. your love story with the listeners. Thank you. It's been really lovely to hear and I, I do appreciate it. So thanks so much. A pleasure. And thank you for the walk down memory lane. And <laughs> I still haven't forgiven you for getting that line. <laughs> thanks, Connor. Well, listen, when I think back to the, the Cameron Society days and, and to see where your career has gone, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm so proud. And it's it's great to have been there for the early days of you and Lisa. <laughs> oh, you're a part of it. You're a part of it, baby. If you dig into my memoirs in 20 years time, you'll find your name in there, son. <laughs> I better see a name check in there somewhere. Yeah, uh, listen, I'm wishing you continued success to you and to Lisa. Here's to many, many, many more years of of making happy memories and uh, lots of love to, to you and all the family. Thanks so much. Thanks, buddy. Uh, the wonderful Simon Delaney. Um, in the meantime, that's it. Uh, thank you to you, the listener, for joining me once again on this episode of the Celebration Sessions podcast. As always, if you enjoy this, please do feel free to, to share it across social media. And of course, like and subscribe and rate and review where appropriate. Uh, but in the meantime, that's it. Stay safe. Take care. I'll be back again soon. This has been the Celebration Sessions podcast. Oh,